Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just coming off of uh, an episode, a little different recording schedule here, but uh be nice to talk with an episode fresh in my mind, I think. Yeah, okay, so so let's get this out of the way. Let's uh, pull the curtain back, as they say. Uh, we are actually recording this episode right after, like almost exactly right after watching this week's episode of Run, Iris, Run. That means that, you know, on, on the one hand, you're getting really like, you know, Fresh hot takes are, are what we thought immediately after the episode. But on the trade off on that is that, of course, you know, we're, we're not as uh, versed into uh, exactly what we just saw. And so we might misstate some names. You know, one thing that both of us actually were just talking about going into this is we didn't quite catch the last two meta names that Harrison Wells mentioned at the end of the episode. And I know that that's why many of you might be tuning into this, but we've put that out on Twitter. So hopefully somebody can send in those names. We'll be able to do the research during the actual recording. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. Another benefit actually of this style is that people are going to get this a day early. And after us being a day late last week, it, it all balances out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's usually a lot more information out there uh, when we record on Wednesdays. But, uh, you know, we had to had to do it today. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're going to miss a couple of things. But, you know, we're still going to give you some awesome flash coverage in like we normally do. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Absolutely, man. Good, good episode to talk about. Can't wait to do it. First, I want to let you know that we are part of the DC TV Talk Network and very proud to be. DC TV Talk.com is the place to go to find all of your DC TV talking needs. Wonderful DC TV podcast there at DC TV Talk.com. We want to encourage you to head over to patreon.com slash TV talk to uh, help sponsor and support this show because we need it. It uh, helps us bring this content to you in a timely professional fashion that you've come to lo- know and love. So uh, help us out there. Patreon.com slash TV talk and bell that's out of the way. We got an awesome episode, brother. Let's jump into the rundown. The, the rundown. rundown. Episode 16 of Season 4, Run, Iris, Run. Directed by Harry Zhergian and story by Eric Wallace. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Team Flash confronts the meta who has the ability to swap people's DNA, resulting in Barry's speed accidentally being given to Iris. Barry must now act as the team leader, and Iris takes on the mantle of superhero speedster to defeat the new foe. Duh, duh, duh. No, no, not necessarily dun dun dun. Man, okay, all right, wow. All right, so last week we, we, we gushed pretty hardcore because obviously last week was a phenomenal episode, possibly one uh, of, if not the greatest episodes the series has ever had. It's up there. It's definitely a contender. Following that episode, man, it was going to be tough no matter what episode was going to be this week. But man, I got to tell you, they're batting a hundred, man. This is they hit it out of the park again this week. This was a fantastic episode. Yeah, they definitely kept the pace up. I was uh, I, I was kind of you know worried coming off last week's episode whether that momentum was gonna you know follow them, and and I think it did. I think it did. Now now I'm not saying that I had a couple issues, but it wasn't anything to do with Iris. It was uh you know a couple other things, but like yeah, it, it was it was definitely a great episode, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, man, absolutely. So so let's get into it, man. First and foremost, I mean one of the things that has been in my opinion lacking from the early half of the season. Uh, and this is going to be kind of a probably a theme mentioned throughout this episode is, you know, that early on, we gave up a lot of time with our primary team to focus on the the new character of Ralph. And now as we kind of enter into the second half, Ralph is taking more of a backseat. And so we don't have to spend as much time with them. And we can get back to the characters that we know and love and do some deep diving into what's going on with them psychologically after the traumatic experience that was, you know, the previous two seasons. And so, man, Diving back in, spending some time with Harry off the bat as he is looking towards, uh, you know, DeVoe and almost kind of having this kind of self-inflicted, you know, just kind of, um, what's, what's the right term? He's, he's almost got like a, a nemesis thing going on, right? Yeah. It's, it's like a, you know, a, you know, itch you can't scratch, right? Well, it's, it's that, you know, I guess the idea is that with, with his role on the team, he's supposed to be the smart guy. Right. Like everybody brings their own different skill sets, some of which have kind of the additional benefit of superpowers. You got Caitlin, who's kind of got the biology and she's kind of the healer. She's also got her, uh, you know, aggression attack as well. Right. She can kill her frost out and, uh, she's her. healer DPS. Yeah. She's healer DPS. Then, <laughs> then you've got Cisco, who's support in every single way and can also teleport you out at any, any given time if, if need be which he, he definitely did this episode in the clutch for Iris. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, you've got Iris, who's been kind of the, the team leader. She's been, you know, kind of calling the shots and, and kind of given that that high 
view from the top that can kind of you know guide out where everybody needs to be. Uh, we've kind of referred to as a general in the past in that in that kind of way. And then you've got Harry, who's a member of this team, but he's the smart guy. Like he he knows all the super science that's even beyond what you know Cisco or or Caitlin bring to the table. And on top of that, he's also the kind of the outsider looking in because he's originally from Earth too, and so he's also got super science beyond that of what our Earth is is accustomed to. Uh, and that always is kind of like a nice little well, uh, no pun intended, that they can go back to whenever they want to. Now, here's the thing, Bell. We mentioned it last episode that there was a lot of mention of Thawne. And this episode, going into it, as we kind of got what happened last week and what's been going on this season, the, again, the reference to Thawne. And in fact, it was the reference of Thawne that inspired Wells to basically thinker himself. Did I say that <laughs> right? Is that a correct adjective or verb in this situation? Maybe he thunk himself. I don't know. <laughs> Thinked, <laughs> thinkered. I don't know. Yeah, it it, it works. We'll, we'll go with it. But yeah, man. So so he decides that he's going to push himself. If the reverse flash, if Eobard was the reverse of the flash, then Harry would make himself the the reverse of the thinker and, and kind of meet him power to power. What do you think about Harry going down this path, man, uh, using his own, creating his own thinking cap or at least modifying the thinking cap that he had before? Well, it, it's, it's a really interesting sort of, uh, uh, you know, realization that he has there with the whole Eobard to Barry's flash. He's going to be the the reverse thinker. And because, you know, it's, it's like always in the last couple of seasons, it's always been a speedster and it's always been, you know, Barry hasn't been as fast as his foe. And Harry is still the smartest guy on the team, but he's not as smart as the villain they're going going up again. So it's like it's the same conundrum that Barry's been facing the last 3 seasons, but with Harry versus the main bad guy as opposed to Barry versus the main bad guy where it's, you know, they're they're uh whatever their equal ground is, be it speed or in this case intelligence, they're offset, right? And so it it was kind of cool for him to kind of, you know, even though he is still the smartest person on Team Flash, for him, you know, it's just digging at him so much that he's not as smart as he needs to be, just like it dug on Barry for him not to be as fast as he needs to be in previous seasons. It, it was kind of cool to see him like make that decision, but I'm kind of worried, right? Because there's that sinister sort of like, ah, uh, what if he, what if he thinkerizes himself too much and loses his touch with the team and all that kind of stuff? So it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Overall, yeah, it, it was a neat, it was a neat decision. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on Cisco's side though on this one. Uh, mm. I'm sort of cautious, you know. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. In fact, you know, he is kind of walking in the path i like that he even grabbed you know the the security cam screenshot of what happened that actually created the thinker how devoe you know became the thinker which and, by the way did you see the camera angles on that security footage it looks surprisingly <laughs> just like the previous episode <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 interesting it's interesting how that uh, how that happens it must have been a security drone that was just flying around devoe the whole time i guess <laughs> well it's it's like the amazing editing of uh, you know uh, tony stark's parents getting killed in civil war you know just oh, the, yeah, yeah right <laughs> the, the amazing angles that the, uh, the the security cameras got of that arrow is just in, in, incredible so here man we actually get uh, you're right. Uh, Harry kind of go, you know, when, when you walk the path of villains, what good can come from that? And I think Cisco being in that mindset is, is good, right? But one thing that we saw from Team Flash is there are a lot of differing opinions on this. You know, there are those that think, okay, well, this is a way that we can get them. You know, we, we should go at it. Yeah, there's a risk, but every single one of us puts ourselves at risk every single time we go up against any of these threats or, or villains. And so, you know, Harrison taking that risk, you know, it, it just kind of makes sense. But Cisco is going that step further, right? Like he does not want to see Harry become a villain. Bell, do you think that that's because of the fact that he is, well, let me see, let me make sure I state this right. Could it be because Eobard was wearing the face of Harrison Wells' doppelganger when he killed Cisco, of which Cisco got vibes of, so he still has kind of that PTSD of Wells-faced villain killing him? I kind of wish he had said something along the lines of, I don't want to get killed by you again. <laughs> yeah. you know? And then we get another, you know, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It, it could be. I, I think it's more. I think it's more along the lines of uh, he saw what happened when the thinker messed with his intellect, and he doesn't want the same thing to happen to Harry. But yeah, there's got to be still some psychological trauma in there. But I think it's mainly just he realizes that you know tampering with your intelligence in that way could lead to something similar to the thinker, and so he's just very reluctant for that. You know, I I, I really do want to spend more time with Harrison. I like what we got last episode. I like what we got this episode. And I, I really, I want to dive more in because up until this point, we've only just got him kind of begrudgingly being there and kind of being kind of grumbly, oh, I'm mad at everything and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm going <laughs> to yell at the thing, you know? And so we haven't really gotten a chance to to see how he's been adjusting to Earth One and kind of, you know, the decisions that he has made to bring him here. 
And then also just, you know, this, this kind of uh, tug of war that he's got going on with, uh, you know, with, with the thinker, at least in his own mind. So, you know, I, I've, I've enjoyed this and I want to see this. And especially with what we discussed last episode uh, with the way that, you know, who we believe to be Don Allen looked at him and Killer Frost as if they were both villains. You know, maybe Harrison is on a villainous path of his own, not to be taken over by Eobard or, you know, you know, gene swapped with Eobard or whatever, but. Could he be the new thinker after this? Is is he well, on a villainous path, though? I don't know. So when our alleged Don met with Caitlin and uh, Harry in last week's episode, she specifically name dropped Killer Frost. I don't remember what she said or what she called Harry. Did she say Harry? Uh, Did she say Wells? I, I can't. I can't remember. Ah man, uh, because I, I know she specifically name dropped Killer Frost, which does lead me to believe that, that you know it could be that she is from earth too and that she does see them as villains so uh, maybe maybe harry uh i don't know maybe he could wind up going down the villainous path we have not too many episodes left to kind of figure that kind of way out and so that could set up something for maybe another season four villain or something like that or, or maybe you know harry gets his body transferred into who knows <laughs> and then, know, then, then, then we'll get tom cavanaugh playing a villain again and wouldn't that be great uh, you know, I mean, you know, it'd be, it'd be a bit repetitive, uh, although it also would be kind of going back to the classic state of his character, which is somewhat of a theme of this episode. <laughs> we're not quite there yet. Uh, actually, first, let me talk about Dawn, since we're already kind of on her. So, so Joe, this episode mentions to Barry that they've got a name, or at least they've got a couple of names they're considering for the, the, ta- the child that's coming uh, into the picture. Now, for the longest time, a lot of people assumed that this child was going to be Daniel West and that he was going to be a potential villain in the future. Bell, is it possible that the child that we are now led to believe and have been led to believe as a girl, could it actually be Don West, quote unquote, if you will? Could the girl that we've been seeing that, I, I think at the very least it's safe to say she's from the future, could she actually, instead of being Barry and Iris's child, could she actually be their sister? Could she actually be Joe's uh, not-yet-born child? Uh, I mean, potentially, it that certainly seems to be the angle that uh, would make the most sense given the context that we have right now is that Barry and Iris aren't pregnant. Joe and Cecile are. So, I mean, the only kid that's on the table is that kid and that kid could be from the future and it, it could be, yeah, it could be a Don, a Don West kind of, you know, thing here. It, that does make sense to me. I could see that happening, but I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, you're right. Let's go back really quick. And I, and I realize that this is, um, you know, this is kind of getting away from this episode and, and, and diving a little bit kind of deeper into the series as a whole. But if you remember the, the first episode of the season, we get a lot of comments from Barry that we have predicted in the past that are, are probably not just references to this season. They're likely laying the groundwork for future seasons, as every single season has done before. In fact, a television series that deals so heavily in time travel and has a character that exists, you know, because of time travel and, and that's kind of the, the world in which he lives, they've done a pretty good job at seeding out storylines for them to address in the future, going back as far as even the first episode and the way that set up what would come in the, the season finale, but what happened in that season finale and going to come to set up even what happened in this season. So I think in that conversation with Barry post Speed Force where he's kind of saying all these crazy things and writing in this crazy language. I think what we're getting is set up for future seasons, maybe, you know, two, three, maybe next season, uh, but a lot of different things that are coming in, in, in the future. So all that being said, one of the things that he did say is that we're going to need more diapers. Now, Bell, we know here and Flash fans know that, that Barry and Iris are destined, if they follow in their comic book character counterparts, uh, footsteps to have twins. And that line, we're going to need more diapers, does kind of imply as though it's kind of a surprise. Perhaps he did not realize that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe at some point they will get pregnant and, uh, he will find out, you know, later on into the pregnancy, if not at, you know, the, the, the birth of his children that they've got two. And so he will ecstatically declare that they will need, you know, more diapers. So all that to say, I would imagine if that is his thoughts, if he is living a moment that he will experience in the future, this person, if it is Don Allen, would likely not let him know that she's got a twin brother. Does that make sense? That was kind of a long way to get there, but but you follow me on that? I could see that. Yeah, that would make sense where, you know. Unless, and here's here's the twist, unless that statement is not about him and actually about Joe and Cecile. And Joe and Cecile are about to have twins. 
that are going to be the Tornado Twins for whatever reason. And again, you know, they, they've played around with the Flash family pretty, pretty liberally here. You know what I mean? Like, like it's the, the whole continuity is all over the map. Instead of Jay Garrick just being a Flash from Earth 2, it is his father's doppelganger. He has a biological on a DNA multiverse level to Jay Garrick. That is nowhere in the comics. That is nowhere yeah. in the comics. And then, of course, you've got Wally West, who's his half-brother, or, well, not half-brother, but step-brother, which is, again, nowhere in the comics. That's supposed to be his nephew. So they have played, like, fast and loose with kind of what the structure of the Flash family is. So much so that I would not be surprised if Dawn would end up being the Bart Allen of this universe. And which, by the way, I have no problem with. I'm just saying that because they have made a lot of creative license uh, decisions when it comes to how they want to structure things. It's almost anyone's game, but I'm going to still call her Dawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of people will. But, uh, you know, there there's an article that came out recently uh, with an interview with Todd Helbing saying that no one has guessed it yet. No, that's not. That's, and that's they not always say said. that every season about the villain, you know. Yeah. Look, I, I so I read the article about Tom and, and, and what he said, and, and he did not necessarily say that nobody has guessed it yet. He's just saying that, like, there's a twist that nobody has quite put together yet uh, or something. And, and he's also very specific about the theories that, you know, he's heard. And a lot of times, you know, with people that work on the show, man, like they're not they're not perusing every single flash blog, YouTuber, podcaster out there. You know what I mean? Like they're not necessarily going crazy on. on, on sure. But they're seeing the popular theories out there. And Dawn Allen is a popular uh, theory. I, I would argue that that's possibly also not necessarily the case. Todd could just be talking about what he's experienced from friends and family who, by the way, are probably not flash fanatics and don't have a deep understanding of the comics. Like if you're writing the content, if you're writing the show, you probably don't want to be too heavily influenced by fan theories. I mean, you want to well, know what's going on in, in the, you know, in in the community and how the characters are being received, but you don't want necessarily the fans to write the story for you because when that happens, that's when you get felicities or I'm sorry, elicities. That's when you get elicities taking over your show, and you don't want elicity <laughs> taking over your show. Well, and, well, uh, sure, send, sure. your, send your hate mail to flash at potestero.com. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. But, you know, he said specifically the fans hadn't guessed it. And like, you know, it, it, the article also mentioned that, you know, in previous seasons, people have guessed certain parts of it, like they'll guess this and they'll miss that. Or it'll be like, uh, you know, a, a twist on the character's origin from the comic. So it's slightly different. And, and it could very well be a situation like that where maybe maybe she is playing a Bart Allen uh, analog or maybe she uh, maybe, you know, Joe and Cecile are going to have the tornado twins. But I don't know about uh, didn't they do an ultrasound on Cecile? And this it is was just. Yeah, but that can that could be a surprise. I mean, I, I hear you, man. I, I'm not saying that's necessarily the, the direction I wanted to go in. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there, especially since now they're kind of teasing out the idea that, you know, oh, we're not even going to tell you the name of the child. So the implication is that the baby is going to be somebody. And, you know, given that, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, well, it's, it's, it's just kind of it's questionable as to which direction they'll go in. Um, yeah. But but we'll see. We will see what we will see. But yeah, so so beyond that, Joe was kind of there. He did uh, he did have kind of some great interaction with Iris as her plot line uh, progressed and, and seeing her on on the field. Uh, but again, talk about that in a second. Uh, Felix, man, we got. Oh, I'm sorry, not Felix. We got Melting Pot, but but <laughs> I I'm going to call him Felix because that dude is Felix from Westworld. Well, I you know I still haven't finished Westworld. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. So I'm not going to spoil anything for you. But as soon as he popped up on the screen, I was like, oh, <laughs> hey, I like know. it's the actor. It's from yeah. Westworld, or it's a, it's like oh yeah, his so powers the, are similar. The actor, if I'm not mistaken, is actually uh, uh, Leonard, I, I believe is his actual name. Uh, but but yeah, his character from Westworld is is Felix, and it's hard for me to remember even what they called him on Flash because I just kind of in my head referred to him as Felix. And there was Matthew was his first name. Yeah, that 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 does sound right. Uh, Matthew Kim, if I'm uh, is, yes, is ringing a bell. Um, but yeah, no, so so. It's funny because there there was some subtle Westworld re- references in this episode. I mean, I think like for one thing, his character as a doctor and in that role is kind of similar to his Westworld counterpart. And on top of that, when he captures who was it? Was it was it Iris that he had at Scapel Point or no? It couldn't have been. Yeah, it was, was Iris. Yeah, he, yeah. That, that's how they swapped the powers. Is oh, that's right. So he it, grabbed Iris. That's yeah. right. That's right. So when he had her at Scapel Point like that, I don't want to spoil it for you, but at some point something happens that basically is that exact scene in Westworld. And I've got to imagine that was intentional. We don't know why. 
We don't know when, and we don't know where, but sometime, something <laughs> is going to happen. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. That's a great show, as is this one, man. So, uh, yeah, we actually have Melting Pot joining the team, which is kind of interesting. I mean, like, you know, this, I again. It's Melting Point. I'm just going to put that out there. I think it's Melting Point. Melting Point. I'm sorry. You're, you're exactly right. It is Melting Point, and I, I keep on messing that up. It's interesting because this season already suffers from a lot of characters and a lot of involvement, and it's kind of following in a similar suit to what happened last season, because especially around this time in you know in in the uh, storyline we started getting oh here's this new character that has this new ability or can do this new thing or add something new to the uh, scenario that will probably provide a you know solution or emotional impact or whatever it may be later on in the season like for example what was hr's girlfriend's name because i totally forgot like that's how forgettable that character was. I know that's terrible, but like she showed up just to provide some sort of additional emotional attachment to HR to make it that much that much more tragic for his death. Like she, that character existed to mourn him, which is unfortunate, and it's kind of an un, uh, an unfortunate, you know, use. Oh, you talking about the, the scientist to help invent the Speed Force prison? Yeah. Oh man. Like she oh, literally just showed get... up at the, and I I got a feeling that Melting Point is kind of in a similar fashion going to come join the team to provide probably not emotional connection based on his power set, which seemed pretty convenient, all things considered. I, I think he's going to provide more of like a, a convenient way to do something. Now, what? I, I have no worthy idea. Any theories on that? I don't know, but it's Tracy Brand. And, oh, but, but Tracy, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, Tracy Brand. I remember. Okay, so yeah. Uh, yeah, man, because yeah, he's got he's got that ability to like pull powers away and give them to somebody else, and so I the only real outcome I can see for his character is he's gonna lose his body <laughs> and he's gonna lose that power. Mm. Uh, just after that we've after we've gotten to know him, uh, you know, it, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's gonna be one of those things where you know it, it, he because he he is a, a good character. He does want to help and he wants to find a way to utilize his power for good. And so it's just gonna be that much more stinging when uh, he falls in the line of duty you know and i don't see him coming out of it alive because i, I really feel like the thinker is going to get all of his bus metas maybe not ralph i don't, yeah, I don't know mm. but they've invested too much in ralph for him just to be killed off at the end of the season i almost wonder so his power is to transfer other people's powers right like that's yes. that's what that's what he does so i wonder if Another like, are we going to get into like a, a switch army knife situation that is going to be like, oh, and here's another person's powers that their person who has the ability to create duplicate bodies or something of that nature that are just you know able to be used as like vessels for someone else, and then we'll get another meta whose ability it is to like pull minds out of you know people, and then all of a sudden we've got this perfect recipe for restoring the lives of all the people that. Devoe took while depowering him and defeating him. Now, I don't think that's the method it's going to go in, but there is almost like a, I mean, it's, it's almost like a mechanical method of, of introducing this particular power set when we're dealing with somebody who has so many powers that need to be taken away from him. Yeah, you know, and, and well, I, that's the thing is because all those bodies are, I'm assuming, buried now because they're, you know, they were when they were transferred, they were they were killed. And, yeah, yeah. and the question still remains, we don't have any sort of evidence whatsoever that the personalities of those people are like trapped in his subconscious. You think if, if there was going to be some kind of like splitting event where they would uh, uh, split the personalities back out and kind of like save the people per se, that there'd be some sort of indication that these personalities are still in the thinker's head, you know, wrestling Ooh. with him or something like that. Well, and I, I would argue that actually we have seen various personalities showing up in the way that he, she has been acting, you know what I mean? Like, for example, you know, the, he's playing the violin and doing the thing with the piano and, you know, so, so there are little, little tidbits of the people that are still, you know, quote unquote in him. But I don't know, man, like I would not be surprised if we saw like, like, in the, like yeah, let me put it this way. If in the next two episodes, somebody says like something about the thinker victims are all on ice or something like that. Then we know exactly what's going to happen for the rest of the yeah, season. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if we if there's bodies out there that are being preserved, then we know what's up. <laughs> like, it's just pretty much guaranteed. But we'll see. We'll see. It's an interesting power set, uh, but it is a very functional power set, and so we'll see how that might play out. Now, of course, beyond that, man, uh, you know, Caitlin was also in this episode, and uh, Barry and Iris, man, they had a lot of really, uh, you know, emotional stuff that was going on. Uh, I'm kidding, uh, but I'm not kidding. So, Ka Caitlin, Caitlin. <laughs> in this episode she was kind of a glorified 
Well, she was like, okay, sure. Well, she, you know, she was uh, the the voice of support for Wells's thinking cap kind That's of thing. That's what she and- does lately, man. I, I, you know, like she's just kind of she'll she'll be there and be like, oh, I think that's a good idea, or oh, I believe in you. Or maybe that's not a good idea. And that's about the extent of typically what she does. I was I was kind of hoping we were going to get some Killer Frost, especially with that kind of ending of last episode with being like, oh, I can't believe it. Killer Frost is actually caring about me. This is the first time I remember what's going on with her. But I'm going to take a, a step back next episode. Now, I get it. If the characters are going to have to, from time to time, take a step back so that other characters can shine. And obviously, this was really Iris's episode. This was kind of uh, her and Harry's a uh, big chance to kind of get back into the spotlight, which is well overdue. But I do hope that we get a strong Caitlin episode here in the future. Now, that being said, this was Iris's episode, man. We've been looking yes, forward was. to this. We've been hyping it up. We've been talking about this for the last several episodes. As we've been kind of frustrated that she's been sidelined. Looking forward to this episode, knowing that, of course, she was going to go through a pretty significant arc. Now, I did not realize going into this how significant it would be, especially where she landed. And I don't necessarily want to jump into the end, uh, you know, here at the beginning. But, Bell, overall, what did you think about Iris's arc this episode? I really like the arc, uh, especially the, uh, the part where, uh, you know, she expressed a power that Barry hadn't done before. Uh, I thought that was really, really cool, something to give to her to make her stint as the Flash unique. I respected that. The, uh, and I really loved what she did with the role, how she played it and everything uh, about that. The one thing I was kind of upset about was that the villain that they gave her was kind of meh. And What do you mean meh? Well, it's just, you know, he was just this, ah, I'm going to set everything on fire because I want money and I got powers now. And I don't know, like... Let me explain to you why I don't think that's meh. I think what they did very well this episode is they drew a lot of parallels to Iris becoming a speedster and Barry from the pilot. Like, even so, so with, with the, oh, I have powers and I want to steal stuff, that's kind of Clyde Martin from the pilot. And on top of that, the, the tornado, the, the fire funnel, what's the OMG science of that? What's it called? Uh, they call it like a fire vortex, I think. Yeah, fire vortex. So, so he creates this fire vortex. And I thought very specifically back to the pilot where Barry, in order to, uh, fight the villain had this vortex that he was going to have to counteract. Now, obviously, there was a more elemental uh, nature to it, or at least a fire versus water <laughs> element to what uh, what what Iris brought to the table or had to bring to the table to combat him. But no, actually, I thought there was a lot of callbacks to early Barry Allen, even during the training when she's on the treadmill and <laughs> she goes flying back, and you know you have the even the packaging nuts that like fly up in the air just like it did for Barry. I, I thought that they they did a pretty good job at, at drawing those parallels. Well, sure. Yeah, those parallels are great. And like, you know, the guy with the flame, you know, the, the, the flame tornado thing. Yeah, it's a throwback to Chad Rook's weather wizard. Sure. Like, I get that. But, you know, it, it just I don't know. It, it, it was like, you know, it, it was it was it was interesting that they went with the way where it's like, OK, he's making the fire around him so she can't get close enough to do the to do the vortex thing. So she's got to come up with a new way to uh, to defeat him. And like, I, I like the fact that she got a new power or that she manifested or well, just- she had the opportunity to make something that Barry had never done before. Uh, which, by the way, yeah. Joe, you don't want to pit your kids against each other. It's like parenting one-on-one, Joe. I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> but, <laughs> but fair point. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's how you create, like, uh, you know, supervillains, Joe. Yeah, that's watch Thor. That's 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 what Thor taught <laughs> us. But yeah, so um, you know, it is actually interesting because the vortex actually reminded me of Clyde, but the tidal wave reminded me of Mark. Uh, with you yeah. know, the the you know the the second weather wizard in, in terms of the show or the comic book weather wizard, you know actually we had people tweeting into us during the episode asking, hey wait, Barry did this before? There was a whole tidal wave, and I had to correct them and say no, Barry ran to cancel out the tidal wave. He didn't create the tidal wave. This is yep. different from anything that we've seen him done before. But it's interesting that we would have kind of two weather wizard esque elements coming into this episode. You almost have to wonder if Eric, uh, the, the Eric Wallace story uh, director for this particular episode, was a big fan of weather wizard, and so he was pulling in those elements of what had come before to throw against Iris. Yeah, and and I guess you know another like uh, I, I do appreciate the callbacks to the earlier villains, but uh, Harry using the thinking cap to come up with the idea. Like I wanted that to be Iris's moment. I wanted Iris to because she's been the leader. She's come up with the ideas. She calls the shots, right? I wanted her to figure out a way to beat him fair, fair point but here's what i would say to that and 
you know, it's it's something that's been contested, I think, a lot in the fan community as to the relevance of Iris's role as kind of a team leader. What I would say to that man is that there has to be someone on the outside looking in. You need somebody who has a view from the top that can see what's going on because sometimes when you're in the moment, you don't have all the variables. And what Team Flash has been able to do is put together a team that can like, you know, analyze all the variables in a way that, you know, the Flash or whoever is in the moment can't necessarily always do. Um, now there's decisions that have to be made in the moment that you rely on your, you know, your, your speedster to do. It actually served to highlight the importance of the role that she has been playing on the team by having Harry or, or Barry or whomever it was in that management position because it's so crucial to kind of guide whoever is your person in the field. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I, I was kind of hoping that she would bring her experience from that role down to the surface. But I get what you're saying. Whereas, you know, sometimes you got to have that third eye to kind of like give you perspective, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's the cyber sidekick. It's the, uh, as as Spider-Man would say, the, the guy in the, the chair. The guy in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or in this instance, it's the gal behind the giant screen and the standing desk, which is much better anyway. Standing desks are, are way better for you. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like it's it's a it's an important aspect of of the modern heroic narrative, and has been for several years. I mean, over over a decade at this point, it's it's almost I, I wouldn't even call it a trope anymore. I mean, it's just it's an archetype that's part of the uh, the story that we've come to to know and appreciate. And so, you know, there have been people that have pushed back on Iris being in that team leader role. Um, every single time that there's an implication of you know the we are the Flash, I see it on Twitter, man. I see I see the hate coming in. I have no problem with that. But again. I look at that from a very specific lens, and I'm sure other people do as well, but I, I don't have a problem with them having that mindset. I think that's actually very important for them to have that mindset, especially you know being a married couple and taking on the challenges that they do. On top of that, man, we also get a chance to see her grappling with everything that came before, not just this season, but last season as well with Savitar. And <laughs> as you recall, man, she was kind of the, it's not that she was the damsel in distress per se, but she was definitely like the thing. Like she was like the, the, the ball. She was the MacGuffin. I don't know if is that's, if that's would be the correct uh, phraseology here, but she was the, the target. That's, that's what I'm trying to find. She was the target that the villain was after and could not escape that no matter what and kind of became resolved to die and resolved to destiny and resolved to give herself up. So it actually kind of see her growth in this way to step into the field. You know, it was Ralph that gave her the push. That's fine. But, but one way or the other, like she finds this opportunity to really get in the field and figure out who she is. And at the end of the day, she doesn't need the speed, man. She is who she is and who she was prior to lightning, prior to Barry. And that's what brings her full circle back into that journalistic role, which I got to imagine for folks out there that have not enjoyed her story. And for those that have, has got to be a significant win across the board, right? Yeah, but my question is, does that mean she's still going to be team lead on The Flash, or is she going back to journalism 100%? I would imagine that she's going to do both. Here's what I would propose. When this show began, like when when The Flash started, what it meant to be a journalist in kind of the public eye or, or the zeitgeist is different from what it means to be a journalist now. I think that culturally, the importance of journalism has, has been... Uh, you know, the, the focus on that has shifted just as, as far as, you know, here in America and, and perhaps universally as well. But, you know, there is almost the classic heroic narrative of the journalist searching and seeking out truth and, and kind of putting that truth forward that inspired uh, even the Clark Kent's of the world to, to be a journalist and for that to be a role that's not just someone who's sitting behind a desk, but but taking on uh, the powers that be in a very informative role and to shine light on, on what's important. And so, in a way, I would argue that her being a blogger meant something differently four years ago than what it means now. And so to have her you know, go back into that role, not only is she doing so with having been on her own hero's journey, but she's now starting kind of a new hero's journey by becoming, stepping back in, I should say, into that uh, iconic and, uh, and heroic profession. Yeah. And you're right. It has kind of changed over the years, what it means to be a journalist, but, uh, I, I'm, it, it, and it's, it's neat to see the, uh, the flash kind of evolve that role because, you know, she's writing to a blog now as opposed to like, you know, newspaper and whatnot. Yeah. I'm well, curious. She was writing, gonna... that was the blog. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I think that was the blog that she was writing before in season one. It was. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, but, but she, she was doing, uh, uh, reporting for, oh gosh, uh, central city news, uh, for, for, uh, Java Joe cappuccino. What was, what was his name? <laughs> it's been a minute. I think it was, 
No, it was Danish Dan. Danish, no, Danish Dan died. Remember, Danish Dan died, and then there was uh, um, Capuchijo. No, <laughs> can't believe I'm I'm blanking on his name. But at the same time, we hadn't seen him in forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was kind of a love interest, and then you know, obviously, you know, didn't play out for him. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah. So I, uh, I'm wondering if it, if she's going to go continue the blog or to go back to uh, investigative journalism, you know, as it were, with the paper. Well, let's see. I, I think just based on this one episode, I, I would be surprised if that's not the direction that they took things in. But loved her arc, thought it was really strong. Um, oh, yeah. You know, really, uh, really great. Actually, you know, they to, to have her kind of literally walk in, in, in a similar footsteps or run in similar footsteps to, to what Barry did in the pilot and in season one as she kind of came into her own powers or, or specifically to his powers, because that was the thing, right? Like, there was a DNA switching. Was it rewrite or switching? Because I was trying to follow the science behind what was going on with with melting. There was no science going. <laughs> <laughs> it was super science. It's a thing. It was OMG science, is what it was. Well, one way or the other. The, uh, the I mean, if they swap a DNA, they would. I mean, they Barry and Iris would have like swapped bodies, basically. You know, I mean, like her DNA would have become Barry's and vice versa. Well, maybe that would be the the full extent if it had played out for that long. Maybe, maybe it would have gone that route. Because one thing that we do know is, even though, as uh, Caitlin said, that the the Speed Force and basically everything that that connected Barry to the Speed Force was now with Iris. We know that's not entirely true, and we know that because we saw it visually, and that's going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. All right, Belle, so we have seen in the course of this uh, series, lightning taking on different meanings. Now, I I want to start off actually before even talking about that to say that I realize that in the comic books, the color of lightning represents the color of speed. So if the flash is like, you know, reaching uh, blue versus yellow, then it means that he's tapping into something that he's not normally tapping into. The same thing is true with purple. If he's tapping in, if he's, if there's lightning around him that's purple, it means he's reached a whole other level of speed. They've almost, in the modern era of comics, taken almost like a Dragon Ball Z approach to it. I was going to gonna say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, right? like that's that's kind of what they've been doing with it. And that's perfectly fine. And actually, a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of uh, modern Flash readers especially are, are, are really into that concept. Now, based off of what we've got in this series, I don't think that's the case. I don't believe that the color of the lightning specifically represents speed. And I think that we've gotten an indication in the past that really clearly tells a story of what a color of lightning means. It typically means something different, and there does seem to be a connection there. So what we've seen in the past is that if the lightning is yellow, that is the speed force. That is literally a speedster tapping into the speed force in its most purest and natural way. When the lightning is red, that's the negative speed force. That is a reverse speedster, a Eobard Thawne specifically, uh, pulling from the opposite energy, the opposite entity of the speed force and tapping into that to generate his speed. Uh, and then another lightning that has played a very heavy portion into this has been blue. And blue has thematically communicated the rejection of the speed force. Someone who is a speedster who is trying to tap into the speed force, but the speed force outright rejects them. We saw this with Hunter Zolomon. We saw this with Velocity. And in the case of Velocity specifically, we saw it actually literally tear her apart. So typically, if you're getting into the, if, if you're seeing blue, it's someone who's actively tapping into it or trying to tap into it. And in fact, being able to speed with it, but then the speed force rejecting that person and ultimately deteriorating them in some form or fashion. So now we've got something new in this episode, man. Purple speed force. What does the purple lightning mean, Bell? Absolutely nothing. I think it's just rule of cool. It looked awesome and it really worked well with Iris. And I think that's all they were going for. Ah, all right. So, all right. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you got that out of the way because, yes, that is probably obviously what's going on. But here's the deal. Here on this show, we take things seriously. We take the time travel seriously. And if it happened on screen, it means it happened and there has to be rules for it, even if we've got a headcanon our way around it. So, Belle, <laughs> let me ask you again. What do you think the purple speed force means? Uh, well, I think it represents when you have someone who was not uh, – who doesn't have a speed force gene uh, who inherits speed force powers. And so it's not their connection technically because Barry, Barry is the one who's connected to the Speed Force. 
But when Iris got it, it was still Barry's connection, but like in another host, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, there's a visual distinction between uh, Barry's tapping into the Speed Force and Iris's. So since it wasn't Iris who made the initial connection with the Speed Force, who was initially the speedster, uh, when she was given the powers, um, it's, it's, it's a different connection. And so therefore, the lightning that she would generate while running and tapping into the Speed Force would be a different lightning. Interesting. Almost like a borrowing of the Speed Force. Like, she's not reject, the Speed Force is not rejecting her, nor would it, right? Like, if the Speed Force communes or connects with Barry, if there's kind of this, you know, borderline, or maybe not even borderline, spiritual connection between Barry and the Speed Force, the Speed Force would not lash out against Iris. Uh, the Speed Force would be aware of the fact that she is not Barry. And, and on top of that, too, you know, that, that she doesn't have the, you know, her, her biology, she's not a speedster, right? She's not, she's not Jesse or Wally or Jay. She's, she is Iris. She's not a natural speedster, speedster. So it's almost like this, the speed force. And I'm kind of thinking out loud here, perhaps the speed force recognizing, Oh, Hey, you're making this call, right? Like you're, you're like, you know, you're like these other folks, like, you know, velocity or Zolomon who, who've tried to make this call. And while this ain't necessarily for you, I'm going to pick up the phone because you are a lightning rod. You are somebody who's connected to the speed force or <laughs> we could take it even further. <laughs> if it's, if the speed force is Barry, if Barry himself is the speed force, then on top of that, there's no way he's going to reject her, right? Like he is it, there, there is going to be a connection there. That's going to exist differently from the connection he would have with himself. Did I just blow your mind? Did I go a little bit too high? On yeah, no, no, I know. I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Because uh, if Barry is the speed force, then yeah, obviously he wouldn't reject Iris. But I think it's, I think it's less on the lines of a borrowing of the speed force and a transferring because that was a permanent thing that happened. Interesting. Yeah, that wasn't, that's right, that wasn't that's a. Right. Yeah, it wasn't a temporary, you know, jolt of speed force energy that she got. She took Barry's connection to the speed force entirely. Um, so he was no longer connected, and she was connected. So it, uh, if anything, to me, it represents a transfer of ownership of the speed force from one host to another. And uh, like you were saying earlier, since Barry is the speed force, uh, it, it wasn't like a Hunter's Alma situation where uh, he was rejected by it. Therefore he had blue lightning. This yeah. was a situation where Barry is the speed force. Of course, he's going to let Iris become a host for the speed force. Right. So I, I think it's more yeah. of a transferring than it is a borrowing or, or something temporary, you know? I like that. I like that. So, so, but, but I think, all right, so I'm going to hang my hat on this one though. And, and to, to be fair, we won't know unless, you know, the next time that we see purple lightning, we'll be able to, which we won't. Well, we may, (laughs) you never know, man. We very well may. We got that, we got that purple costume. We got a potential speedster out there that's rolling around that she doesn't have a costume. She may need to inherit something from her mama. Ooh. So you're saying that our hypothetical Dawn could have hypothetical purple lightning and a hypothetical purple suit? I hope she does not have purple lightning because I really want Dawn to have yellow lightning. I'd like for her to be a, you know, be, be like a speedster in, in the, like, so again, this, you know, again, if, if my theory is, is that purple lightning is a non speedster gaining access to the speed force and the speed force not rejecting that person. And so they're not a speedster, but the speed force is allowing this to happen. They're not rejecting them. The, you know, in, in every single other essence, they are a speedster in practice, but not necessarily in connection in the same way that, you know, again, Jesse, Wally, Jay, Barry are. Well, um, hold on I'd, just I'd, a second. Yeah. So if you have a connection to the speed force, which Iris had, does that not, in fact, make you a speedster? Um, No, it does not. No, because I think the lightning rod a- aspect of her connection to the speed force is different than being a speedster. Like a lightning rod is more of like the the connection that a speedster has with present time, with like the the present you know, non-moving or I guess technically ever moving, but but the point is to like pull in the speedster into reality and not let them go sporadic throughout time, not go full Savitar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I'm just saying by the fact that you know Barry was no longer connected to the Speed Force when Iris was connected, does she not inherently then become a speedster? I I don't know. Well, so I guess the if that was the case, then perhaps over time maybe it would turn yellow. Except the speed force would know that she would not always have it, right? Because the speed force exists outside of time. So the speed force knows that this is a temporary connection. 
So maybe it's a temporary connection to the Speed Force. It was it, it, it was it was it was voluntarily temporary, right? It was a thing where she uh, gave it up. Well, okay, so yes, she. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. It was it wasn't voluntary in the sense that she didn't choose it, but she did choose to give it up. But what I'm saying is, from the Speed Force's perspective, the Speed Force knows that this would only be for you know a few hours. For a limited amount of time. Right. Because it, it has already experienced the ending of it in, an, in as much as it was experiencing the end, the beginning of it. So perhaps purple does mean temporary connection, even though from our, quote unquote, our standpoint, being disconnected from the speed force, we would not see that as such. Because as you say, the biology was transferred over. She should theoretically be able to do the exact same, tap into it the exact same way that Barry is. But it's more, it's less about biology and more about you know both the spiritual aspect of it and the ability to understand time beyond what even Caitlin uh, can can kind of you know compute. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So we'll see. I always love always love the different color lightnings and, and the way that those are, are used. And uh, like you say, there's a rule of cool aspect to it. I get it. I get it. And I, I get there's kind of a differentiated there and. Uh, you got the the purple costume and everything, so, so that's an aspect of it. But we'll we'll see we'll see where it all where it all goes, man. All right, so we actually we posted this one out to Twitter as we did last week, asking folks, you know, what do you think? Uh, this is our speedster speculation, uh, but what is yours? We got uh, at UniGeekFan that says it means temporary speedster status, and uh, yeah, I think I think that's the conclusion that I I came to as well. We also got at movie guru who said the Prince musical power personified in Iris. Yes. The speedster formerly known as Iris. That's what we have to call her. From oh, now. it works. Purple lightning, purple, purple lightning. lightning. Oh, it's brilliant. That's brilliant. Oh, it's great. I'll take it. I'll take some of that. No, that, that makes some sense. But uh, thank you all so much for that. And uh, yeah, what, what do you think, uh, dear listener? Do, what do you think the, uh, the purple lightning could mean uh, in terms of the relationship with the speedster and the speed force. Let us know. Uh, tweet, Facebook, let us know what you think there. Hey guys, this is Chad Rook and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, we got some great listener feedback in. Uh, let's see. First one coming in. Uh, oh, actually, we got a ton coming in over Twitter, man. There was a lot of love for this episode. Um, why don't you take us through some of this? All right. We got CP Flash Fan writes, Candace killed it. We have had two of the best episodes of the season back to back. What a turn. Uh, also, we had uh, the Rose Iris. Nice reference there to, uh, uh, to the character. Uh, they wrote, loved it. Candace was so amazing as the Flash and as the leader of Team Flash. It was so great that we got to see more of her, more of Iris POV about Savitar and uh, her job as a reporter. Yeah, man. We also got Not Even Loaded, who said, I love seeing Barry and Iris switch roles. Uh, I love this, uh, that this experience led Iris to rediscover her passion for helping people through journalism. I hope her blog develops into a job at the Central City Citizen or that she develops the CCC, which would be really cool. Uh, Also, we've got Lex Williams, who said, run, Iris, run. It was fantastic. By the way, if Iris is a speedster on this earth, then there is possibly there is a possibility that there is more than one Iris who is a speedster on other earths. Therefore, we could see a speedster Iris on another episode. Hear that, writers? And again, that was Lex Williams. And I'll go ahead and add to that, Lex. That uh, maybe even on Earth three, as we know, Jay's about to take on a uh, you know a protege. She could be the protege over there. Just saying, protege, protege, protege. I like that, man. Why don't you take this last one from uh, Mrs. Purple three sixty? Yeah, Miss Purple three sixty wrote at Candace KP shined as a speedster, and it was no easy feat, but she proved herself and saved the day again. Appreciate the inclusion of her point of view. Important to see how she handles things. We don't get that too often. Uh, love the ending, reminding us of Iris's passion in journalism. Hashtag run, Iris, run. Absolutely, yeah. Totally agree. It was a great episode. Absolutely, man. I mean, I, it was it was a blast to have these two episodes back to back because it was it was kind of a deep character study and Barry, a deep character study in Iris, and uh, and and also kind of a chance to focus on our primary team that we've needed desperately. And uh, it's it's awesome. Now the sad fact is that we're going into like a three week hiatus again. <laughs> it's so crazy. Well, you know what's funny though? I get a nice birthday present when the Flash comes back. Uh, 
not only does the flash come back on april 10th which is my birthday it's also kevin smith's episode for this season yeah so, double treat it's gonna be a good one i'm sure uh kevin always brings kind of something special to the episodes that he does so i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got man and, uh man what, what what a great two episodes to kind of breathe some life into what has kind of been somewhat of a repetitive season thus far and so i'm really looking forward to seeing how it concludes one imagines man with uh april 11th or was it april 11th or 10th April 10th. With April 10th being the, the return, uh, one imagines that it will, will power through all the way from that point to the end of the season. So, uh, it'll be, will, it'll be buckle up and, and run, flash fans run all, all the way until the, uh, the season finale at that point. But. Until then, we want to encourage you to uh, keep what the, keep up with us. You can follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk, or you can follow our personal accounts. I'm at the Real Bo York or Bell at Ring That Bell. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our awesome outro music. You can check out the rest of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And of course, we are a member of the DC TV Talk Network. Be sure to check out dctvtalk.com for all your DC TV talking needs. I'm going to throw this out there as well. Maybe I should have mentioned this at the top of the show, uh, but I'll, I'll throw it out here as well. If uh, if during the hiatus you're looking for some additional listening and you also like superheroes of other universes as well, check out wakandapodcast.com. I was a, uh, a host on the uh, Once Upon a Time and Wakanda podcast, which the full season is actually dropping, uh, I think, as this podcast goes live. So you can find that at wakandapodcast.com. If you are so interested in Black Panther and the world of Wakanda, um, yeah, of both the, the movies and the comics. Uh, we do some fun, deep character dives there and, and a lot of a lot of great things as well. So check that out, wakandapodcast.com for that. Uh, but that's going to do it for us for this week, Flashwise. And until we return from this hiatus, we'll be back in a flash. Flash.